Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hey, everyone. This is Chris, and welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. I'm really excited to have you back again today, and I'm really excited because we've got Reverend Dr. Matthew Kelly with us today. We're going to be talking about a brand new book that the Dads with Daughters community, and really Fathering Together as a nonprofit, has come out with to be able to share the voices of fathers. So it is really, really exciting to be able to have him on to talk about the journey that he and others have been on to be able to bring this book to fruition, but also to just have him on to talk about being a dad. So Matthew, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure having you here. I always love starting the show talking about you as a dad. And first and foremost, I want to turn back the clock and I want you to go back to that first moment when you first found out that you were going to be a dad with a daughter. What was that experience? Well, we first, uh, my wife and I had been married, oh gosh, just a little over a year when we found out we were pregnant. We were planning on having children, of course, but uh, this was a little bit early and I had been leading a church retreat at another place and I came home and my wife is a big scrapbooker. And so she, come look at my new scrapbook page, said, okay. And Lo and behold, there are two pregnancy tests on the scrapbook page. <laughs> said, oh my God. And now this was in 2008. And so 10 weeks into the pregnancy, we bought one of these uh, Intelligender tests. They basically, uh, the old, uh, oh, what is it? You peed on something <laughs> and turned, turned a certain color, uh, like a, uh, some kind of crystals or something. Anyway, it told us that we were having a boy. So we talked to her tummy as a boy for 10 weeks. And then the ultrasound happened and they said, that's a girl guys. And I said, okay. I was very excited. I was excited either way to, to be a dad. They, all the tests kept telling us she was healthy. So that was just really an exciting thing, but also realizing, okay, my whole life is now completely different. My priorities are completely different. My life is not just my own anymore. So yeah, did that, you know, months leading up to her birth and I write about her birth in the book. We're just a lot of introspection and a lot of just talking to lots of different people about, you know, what is this? How do you do it? <laughs> uh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I think a lot of us go into it, get into fatherhood that way. We don't know what the heck we're doing. You know, as we've, as I've said to many people, there's no manual to being a father. There's lots of books, but there's no true manual until the only manual is really experience, but also the opportunity to be able to learn and grow from other dads and you know, and and so I appreciate that, and 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 I've come to appreciate it because you, you definitely have to have a community around you to be able to help you to grow and to learn as a father because you're going to make mistakes along the way, and I'm sure you've got some stories that that could share that uh, as well. Oh gosh, yes, absolutely, yeah. And the the community of dads has really been important for me. You know, as my my oldest daughter is 11 now, uh, getting more into adolescence and. You know, being able to go to the dad's daughter's page and say, hey, you know, what do you guys think about this? Or uh, post, I think I posted something the other day. It's like, Man, she's sleeping a lot. Is this okay? She's normal for adolescence and things. And the community is also really great because it's been a place of support for dads who are really struggling uh, either with uh, their relationships with their partners uh, or with mental health sorts of things. And having a background as a both a clergy person have, and having uh, some advanced mental health training, I've 
taken an active role in in talking through uh, with some of these guys that are really reaching out for help in ways that men don't often do. It's a great community of support. So what would you say has been one of the most memorable experiences that you've had thus far with your daughter? My oldest, um, she we figure out pretty early on she w- uh, was what they called a lazy sucker. She wouldn't really latch on to my wife's breast. So she pumped and I got to share in uh, the feeding uh, a lot more than I did with my younger two that did nurse quite well and actually really enjoyed that. And she, we were serving a church in Clarksville, Tennessee at the time, living in a parsonage. She was going to a new daycare that had some delays in opening. So I was a semi-stay-at-home dad for six weeks or so with her there after my wife went back to work. And even then she only went three days a week. So we had uh, daddy-daughter days, uh, two days a week. And almost by accident, this started, but I took her along on a, a visit to somebody in a nursing home because they had had a health scare or something. And I quickly realized, oh, wait, this makes all these folks so happy to see this young child. And so those days became the days I would do nursing homes and shut-ins and things like that. And she would, she'd crawl up in people's laps. You know, she was the pastoral caregiver. I was the chauffeur. Uh, and we were all fine with that. It was really, really special early memories there just of her, her you know, Crawling up in the lap of a, a guy who's more or less homebound, uh, of her figuring out where they had the Nola wafers in one person's house, and she just go to the cabin and point up to it. I love that. Now, with daughters, what would you say has been the hardest part of being a father to a daughter? I'd say de- dealing with the way girls can sometimes be have a bigger emotional swings. Stuff can kind of come out of nowhere, or if I maybe a little more gruff or tired or something like that can hurt their feelings. Then I go, you know, I apologize and say, you know, daddy shouldn't have done it this way. I'm trying to to model for them what that's like, but that requires some humility on my part and being willing to admit I did something wrong. (laughs) And uh, that's just, that's no fun having to swallow your pride there. Because if I was, if I was, you know, getting after them about something they were supposed to do, I'm doing my job as a parent, but if I over overdo it with the uh, the gruffness and of course uh during this time of quarantine all of our nerves have been been tested and and pushed i think everyone's nerves get have gotten tested if you are a parent of a child and you're going through covid-19 at least at one time if not many times there've been times where your nerves have gotten a little bit on edge where you're trying to deal with all of that oh my god so i I completely get that yeah well we're all dealing with this and it is again that's one of the advantages of the uh, dads with daughters and dads with sons communities is you can log on there and see that you're not the only person whose uh, kids are driving them up the wall or that you don't know what to do as far as getting them to do their school stuff from home and try to do your job and everything else. It's, it's easy to feel lonely and isolated during this time. And so I think those, those communities in the virtual spaces we created have taken on an even greater importance now. Hey, you know, I, I think that even though they drive you a little bit nuts, we, we love them just the same. So even though definitely it's a little bit challenging, you know, when you have them at home all the time and you're at home all the time, I'm, I'm sure we're driving them a little crazy as well. The girls will start pointing out when I when I slip into dad voice, um, if I'm explaining something or whatever. And yeah, I mean, when you know, whenever I do kind of come to that place of annoyance or afraid nerves, I just try to remind myself, I'm so lucky that they're here to drive me nuts. So true. As a father of two girls, what would you say is your biggest fear of raising a daughter today? Hmm. Just knowing the type of world they're going to enter and wanting to do everything I can to help them navigate 
that. My daughters are both very, very pretty. My oldest has already started having attention from boys or even strangers out. And so just to try to help them learn how to navigate that world in such a way as to not be instilling fear or do the, you know, guard my daughter's chastity because it's my honor, a very old school type of thing to, but to also, you know, help them know there are dangers out there and you can't trust every guy and, and to, to thread that needle in a, in a, in a positive and proactive way. One thing I learned many years ago when I was serving as a youth pastor is that, especially with adolescent girls, they're, they're, you basically break it down to, to two categories. The ones you have to worry about them doing something they don't want to do, and the ones you have to worry about something they do want to do. And my daughters are definitely both in that latter category. I got to worry about what they want to do because they are headstrong, very opinionated, but I know if they get into a crummy situation, they're going to have that natural confidence to say, no, I'm not going to do this certain thing, hopefully. I think that's all we can hope is that we are giving them the tools to be able to be ready for the future, to be resilient for the future, to be willing to stand up for what they believe in. And uh, that's that's all we can do as fathers today. And I also want to do it in such a way as to where I'm, as they get older and have more experience in the world away from our family of origin, that I'll still want them to see me as a safe space to talk about their stuff, uh, to ask questions, even if it might be a little uncomfortable. We're trying to do that right now with my oldest. She does more stuff on the computer for school. So she's you know higher chance of encountering creepy dudes out there on the internet and trying to say, hey, these are the sites you should go to. This is what you stay away from. But if something weird happens, come tell us. We're not going to be upset with you. So I hope that not if, but when it does happen, that we'll generally be a safe space for her to talk about that. Let's take a quick moment to say thank you to our sponsors before we get back to our episode. This episode is sponsored by SaveTheChildren.org. Save the Children believes every child deserves a future. In the United States and around the world, Save the Children is working every day to give children a healthy start in life, the opportunity to learn and protect from harm. They are delivering lasting results for millions of children, including those hardest to reach. They are doing whatever it takes for children every day and in times of crisis, transforming their lives and the future that they share. Right now, the coronavirus is the biggest global health crisis in our lifetime, and it threatens children in every way. COVID-19 has already left many children without caregivers out of school and exposed to violence and exploitation. Child poverty is rising. With your support, SaveTheChildren.org can help children to un- with your support, SaveTheChildren.org can help children in unsafe households and help support distance learning in the face of school closures. There's a number of ways that you can help that range anywhere from 5 to $50, and it helps the most vulnerable children. Find out more at SaveTheChildren.org forward slash save kids. Now let's head back to our interview. Now, as I said at the beginning of the show today, one of the things that we really want to talk about today is the exciting launch of the Fathering Stories book. That is the first book coming out of Fathering Together, a nonprofit. And and I said the, the Dads with Daughters community, but it is somewhat the Dads with Daughters community, but it's also the Dads with Sons community because we have fathers of both daughters and sons that are all in this book. 
And Matthew is a is one of the editors of the book. Matthew, tell me a little bit about the the journey and how you found yourself as one of the editors of this book. So Brian Anderson, with whom you co-founded Fathering Together, you guys the ones that started the Dads with Daughters page. He and I are very good friends going back to our college days. And so he invited me in pretty early on because uh, I have two daughters as well. And we just we we'd always had conversations around that with parenting and life and all kinds of other stuff. And as the community began to grow, we realized we needed, uh, you know, content moderators and, and things like that to provide structure. So it would be continue to be a safe and, and, and welcoming space and not just become the Wild West the way the internet can. So for a while, I was on the moderating team. And then just through our periodic conversations, Brian, and I would just say, you know, I mean, there's this this huge community of people just growing. What can we do? What can we create? What kind of value do we want to add to the lives of these dads? And initially, we were thinking something around, you know, some kind of devotional guide for Advent or Lent, you know, the uh, seasons of the Christian liturgical year. But ultimately, because uh, when Fathering Together identified storytelling as a core value, we decided to go that route. And so we modeled it after, you know, like storytelling from the stage, like in The Moth on NPR or 10 by 9, those shows that are in places like Belfast and Nashville and whatnot. And when we were at the Dad 2.0 Summit in DC, not long before COVID-19 shut down the world, there was a storytelling night that went for several hours, guys sharing poetry and reminiscence and other things. It was really, really powerful. And so we wanted to take that and put that in book form. And most of our authors from the book were present there at Dad 2.0. So that was a great place for us to begin assembling that uh, community of writers uh, that is now represented in the book. So talk to me a little bit about the the type of stories that you're going to be finding. Um, you have how many authors? 20 authors. And, 20. How, and what kind of stories are we going to be seeing in this book? So we've got uh, several different sections, birth stories. I wrote one of those about my when my daughter was born and I actually became a father for the first time. Others talked wrote stories about trying to shape the legacy that they're going to leave for their families, either dealing with that, you know, dealing with issues of, of um, multi uh, helping children navigate race, uh, figuring out a new life uh, when they became divorced uh, from the mother of their children, and then reflecting on their own fathers and the way they did or didn't do things well and what how they wanted to navigate going forward. We have some about embracing fatherhood and the challenges of sort of stepping into that role and what that means. And a couple of guys uh, wrote about the experience of being stay-at-home dads and navigating that in a world that doesn't really look at that as uh, traditional, normal masculinity. So all kinds of stuff, guys from all kinds of different backgrounds, uh, not just white, we have African-American, uh, someone who's a Sikh, other folks like that. So you'll find some stuff that you relate to and other things that are different from your own experience that will hopefully challenge you to uh, reflect and go deeper in your own journey of fatherhood. Now, as you were editing these and looking through all of these stories, do you have a story that really, um, I know you have your own story that you shared, but outside of your own story, are there is there a, a specific story or a particular story that, that really resonated with you that was powerful for you? Yes. My co-editor, Kyle Ashley, wrote a really beautiful piece about he is a stay-at-home dad. And a friend asked him about, so, you know, it's kind of temporary. What are you going to look for something else? And and reflecting back and saying, no, she's she's enough in my life right now. And for me claiming, you know, I, I've been on that journey a little bit longer than him, but um, especially in those early days when my wife had gone back to work and I was had Kate all around town. And even now, uh, a lot of times I'm the only dad that shows up to school functions or things like that because I have a good amount of flexibility in my work so I can be involved in that way. 
and so just to see him the way he sort of put that together and said, yeah, this is this is actually a really important part of my life and not just something I'm kind of doing until something better comes along. You know, what's interesting about that is Kyle is a past person that was on our show and he talked about right. that and he talked about the, the challenges of making a switch and and going from being a professional to a stay-at-home dad um, and some of the things that he had to really grapple with himself to be able to develop a new identity for himself, but also be okay with that and be able to see himself mm-hmm. in a new way. And, you know, in, in, when, in talking with him, you can tell he loves what he's doing, but there was a professional identity that he had built up to, and he had to get to a point where he had to be okay with that. Because as many men mm-hmm. go through, I mean, you're, you, you grow into saying you have to be a breadwinner, right? You have to go out. You have to, you, you, you work toward something and it's okay. And more and more dads are now taking the role, being the person at home that is helping to do so many ma- amazing things with their kids. But it's important to understand mm-hmm. that it doesn't always happen right away and you have to get to that point. It's kind of a learning process for yourself. Yes. Uh, about two years ago, I made a, a job change for my wife's career, moving to Louisville, Kentucky from Nashville, Tennessee. And she is now a place where she earns more money than I do. And I thought, oh, that'd be fine. It's not going to bother me. But then I had, I still had to work through some stuff there. I go, oh, okay. We've always been a two-career household, but her earning substantially more money than me now was, you know, there was some adjustment in that. Yeah, there definitely is. And and, and that's okay. You know, and I think that all of us have to be okay with yeah. that, you know, because we are raising daughters to be independent women and we have to be able to see the partners that we have in our life as independent women as well. And if that means that they are going to be able to be successful in, in, in ways that may be different than the ways that we are, that's okay. You know, we support them, you know, through whatever they're doing to be able to help them to be able to get to where they want to be in their careers, too. And it's important to have those conversations to be able to help them to be able to be successful yeah. in those ways. Well, my, my wife is a fantastic role model for our kids because she is a, a very successful professional in the publishing industry. Um, she does, she's very artistically creative, plans cool parties uh, for our kids. She, she does a lot of different things. And I love that they have that as a role model. Oh, yeah. That's what women do. That's amazing. Now, the book is available on a lot of different platforms, and I know you've kept the price pretty low, right? Yes. We did a lot of research on this, both page-wise and just size of the file-wise. We felt like $1.99 was the right price point for this. It's 20 stories that are all about 1,000 to 1,500 words in length, but read about 100 pages in your e-reader. So this is something, you know, you can digest it all in one sitting, or you can, you know, read ones here and there as as things come along um be a great a uh, great father's day gift uh i was being interviewed on another podcast yesterday and the host joked of you know well you know if you mess up and f- didn't get dad a father's day gift last minute you can just go there and hey dad look at your inbox there's the ebook happy father's day i agree i think it'd be a great gift for anybody and yeah. it is a digital book for the most part there are a couple of platforms that we've put it on to print it if you really want a printed copy but we we knew that a lot of people are reading electronically right now we wanted to keep the price low so that many people can mm-hmm. really experience these these stories in a lot of different ways now matthew what uh, what's the next step I, I i'm sure that there are other stories that didn't get told this time do you do you and Kyle have some thoughts for the future? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, there are other writers um, that 
just couldn't participate in this particular round of storytelling, but but have have stuff they want to share. They're people that blog and do other things like that. One of our writers, uh, Tim Cox, he's also part of our editorial team, uh, wrote the story of his son being born just a few weeks ago during the COVID-19 crisis and how different the procedures were in the hospital and worrying if he was you know, going to be able to be in the room when his son was born. And so I really think, and this has to be a little bit later on down the road after the crisis has passed, but a, a whole book of stories about parenting during this time of quarantine and the social distancing and all these new realities we've, we've had to get used to. I think there could be some really profound things. I think it'd be a cool time capsule of all that's been going on. That sounds like an amazing second edition you know, volume two, maybe down the road. For, for it could be. And it just, and again, because storytelling is, a, you know, a core value of fathering together, I think there's lots of ways we can do it. Obviously you do it through the podcast, uh, people sharing their own experiences. Um, uh, we could th- you know, figure out other venues, whether it be the, the blog or maybe even live storytelling events on the Facebook pages, things like that. So once all of us have gotten through Father's Day, recuperated from all the marketing that we're doing for the book right now, I think uh, we're going to kind of debrief and say, okay, what's what's next? Because there's a lot that's really good with this. And we've learned a couple of things we might want to do a little different uh, later on. So just going to continue the journey. Now, I mentioned that the book is available on a lot of different platforms. You can find all, all of this in the notes today, but we also have it out on the Fathering Together website. So if you go to fatheringtogether.org forward slash books, you're going to see a link to all of the different uh, digital platforms that are the book is available on. We highly encourage you to grab it, you know, read it, you know, leave a review. We truly think that your eyes are going to be open. You're going to learn from this. And it's definitely something that is going to change the way that you think about fatherhood. Because as I've said before, fatherhood is not a one-stop shop. You know, it's not, there's not one right model of fatherhood. And you're going to see that. There's 20 different types of dads that are, that are sharing their stories in this book. And it's really powerful because each story is unique. Each father goes about fathering in a different way, and that's okay. Now, Matthew, we always finish our interviews with what we like to call our Fatherhood Five, where we ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a parent. Are you ready? Uh, Yes, do it. In one word, what is fatherhood? Love. When was a time that you felt that you finally succeeded as a father to a daughter? I suppose it was when I was at a daddy-daughter school dance. I think both of my girls were there at that point, their elementary school. And they were running around with some of their friends, but a lot of the time they wanted to be with me and dance dance with me and, and not just hang with their, their friends. The, I, I felt very valued there that they wanted to be there with me. How do you want your kids to describe you as a dad? Kind, hopefully wise, so, the, that I was always there for them and that I wasn't perfect, uh, but I did my best. Who inspires you to be a better dad? My other friends that are fathers, the conversations that we get into, the the ways that we think through problems together. Um, I think the father and the other community, both the uh, dads with daughters and dads with sons pages. Um, I see stuff there every single day that really inspires me and challenges me to always be growing as a dad. And finally, what advice would you give to other dads? I will pass along what my father-in-law told to me when my oldest daughter was born. He said, be the kind of man you want her to marry and everything else is going to work out. And I've tried to remember that over and over. Be the kind of man that I want Kate and Claire to marry. And that helps me kind of live into all the things I want to be as a dad. Well, Matthew, I really appreciate you sharing that. And if people want to find you and learn more about you and what you're doing, 
Is there a place that they can go? Yes. Uh, my website is uh, matthew1119.com, 1119. There's several reasons for for that, uh, both the, the scriptural verse, it's my birthday. Anyway, you can find links to that site and to my social media. In the book, uh, one of the great features of an ebook is we're able to link to guys' websites and blogs and, and things of that nature. So yeah, www.matthew1119.com. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men, get out and be the world to them. Be the best dad you can be. Be the best dad you can be.